0: Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. My name is Bob Asman, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm pleased to have joining me today as my guest, Mark Hamill from Arquette Global. Mark, welcome to the All Things Considered CX podcast. Please uh, introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Pleasure to be here, Bob. Um, Yeah, so my name's Mark Hamill. I'm the CEO of a company called Arquette Global. Um, We specialize in in building business networks and and primarily over the last few years, we've been doing that very effectively in the customer experience space. Uh, So that's through large scale business events, uh, several webinars that we run year and also independently scored and transparently and um, judged business awards programs and one of the things that we've been focusing on recently as well is is customer-centric culture and also talent management and how all that, that fits together uh, in in the world of customer experience so i, I hope that was that was enough bob and uh, yeah thanks very much and pleasure to be here as i said
0: oh that's great mark i really appreciate Uh, you taking the time to join us. And as our listeners will soon find out, the reason I asked Mark to join us is because of all the work they're doing in customer experience to advance the customer experience profession. And as you heard uh, Mark just mentioned about talent management and culture, two hot topics right now that I'm looking forward to delving into with with Mark. Now, Mark, um, I asked the same question of all my guests, because we always find it to be rather curious. And mm-hmm. that is, how did you get here today? I mean, what, what is your career path? What are your experiences? How did you navigate through all of that and kind of walk us through, um, Mark Hamill and, and your background and, and how you got connected with CX professionals worldwide?
1: Absolutely. Um I think Bob, you'll be surprised that uh, at my journey in the sense that I have been doing it my entire career, um, in the sense that a lot of people get into it by sort of by accident through other career paths. But mine was still by accident, but my first ever job was straight out of university working for a what was then known as a customer service consultancy company, which did mystery shopping surveys. Consultancy training had some international standards on customer service as well, and and that I joined that company in Dubai when I was 22, so fresh out of university, and I've been involved in customer experience, customer service, employee experience, and my entire career. So, and I started off as a salesperson there, uh, selling mystery shopping solutions, then quickly became marketing manager, and that was when my first foray into events um, and that, that was my first involvement let's say so I was running a customer service conference which had an awards component as part of it and then uh, quickly saw that there was opportunities particularly in the Dubai market to run some let's say standalone and transparently judged knowledge sharing focused awards program so that was at the age of 26 I said the first business with a business partner from the UK and um, in 2019, left that business and set up ARKIT Global. And, and we've continued on in um, focus on large-scale business events, but trying to add value uh, beyond the awards programs because we got a lot of companies, individuals that are asking for help, uh, whether that be from just introductions or uh, best practice or just it could be anything really, but sort of closing the loop for our network and adding value wherever we can.
0: Excellent, Mark. A couple of questions. Where are you coming uh, to us from today? I should have asked that at the beginning.
1: Uh, yeah, good question. So uh, I am based in in Hungary. Uh, so I'm just over the Austrian border. Um, so I moved here last year. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been um Yes, my wife is from Hungary, so we moved here last year after a year in Belfast, where I'm originally from.
0: And and the reason I ask is because uh, uh, this podcast is trying its darndest to get global views of what's happening, and so we're engaging more CX professionals outside the U.S., because at times, the U.S. can, can feel a little like the world revolves around it when it comes to customer experience professions, so... Uh, We're trying to expand the podcast to include uh, global insights. And so I appreciate the fact that you're coming to us uh, from Europe and can provide that insights, especially having worked in Dubai as well and with a partner in the UK. Um, So I love the beginning, Mark. You know, you're right. We don't talk to a lot of CX professionals that start right out of university. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's rather unique in part because a lot of times, Universities don't offer those types of programs, but it's interesting that you connected early and, and something must have sparked in you when you uh, started to work for that company um, selling mystery shopping that, that opened up a passion with you or what exactly kind of got you hooked on it?
1: Yeah, I think, I think certainly when I started, I didn't even know what mystery shopping was because it's certainly something again, <laughs> that you're not really, uh, you're not necessarily familiar with. And, um, before you get into the business world, um. But yeah, the 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 thing that sparked my interest was was the the owner of the company at the time. I think that was I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, um. And Bob Kay was the name of the the gentleman who owns that company still, Ethos Consultancy, um. And I just really liked his passion for for customers, and he was a prolific author, and all the software was designed house as well and just really like that attitude of you can make things happen and um, out of nothing and the entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. was as much a, um, a hook for me as it was for that, the customer experience side of things and um, and i think just coming from a from northern ireland where i come from it's it's really chalk and cheese when you compare let's say dubai or or, or the states when it comes to entrepreneurial spirit and so that's something that really wasn't around growing up in, in Northern Ireland. It's not really encouraged. People are more encouraged to get into, um, and I suppose for customer experience as well, it's, it's people are very much encouraged to go into, let's say become doctor or engineer or lawyer, for example. And so there, there really is not, let's say a natural career path to become a customer experience professional, certainly not even, even now. Um, or an entrepreneur, although it is getting better.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that about um, Northern Ireland and how the, you, you know, the ability to create a fertile ground for entrepreneurs. So, so tell us about Archaic Global. Give us a little more insight on about what's happening. What do you do for those not familiar with it? Um, and give us a little bit of insight on what's happening in the company.
1: Yeah, so I think the things that, from a, a public standpoint, the ones that are, are the that are the main focus would be the the large scale awards programs that we run, particularly on customer centricity. So we have the North American Customer Centricity Awards, the European Customer Centricity Awards, and then we also have a World Series, which brings in not only those regional audiences but our our network in, in the Middle East and in Asia as well, um, and and. Fundamentally, what we're trying to do is create these these communities which do work together and also that have that hub of knowledge sharing. And um, so what we have is huge directory of case studies, arguably more than any company in the world, potentially, um, video case studies, and they are free to access for anyone. And um, so if you're a CX professional just starting out, or if you're someone that's you know, trying to to make things happen internally and banging your head against the wall, which some sex professionals are, and um, then we have case studies that are probably going to be relevant to the challenges that you're facing. So, um, and, and as I mentioned a couple of times as well, already Bob is that all of the awards programs that we have are transparently judged. You're a judge yourself, you know, and um, you know, how much effort goes into from each individual judge, uh, everyone's an independent specialist. Um, in their own right, so that's really important to us. Um, and then, any company that participates in those events gets a feedback report with the judges' comments. So we're really trying to become like the let's say a beacon of, um, of best practice and knowledge sharing. And then, if uh, you know, everyone wants to win, of course. So the companies that do win, great. But it's not just about the winning, um, which may sound a bit uh, negative for someone running awards, but, but it's true. And um, there's so much more to it, but also the, the networking opportunities that come off the back of it. And, but one of the things that I do see as well is, as we've been focusing on it as, well, as a company is customer centric culture seems to be the thing that people are really starting to understand from a strategic level. And um, so we're doing more in that space and the challenges with getting the right people as well and making sure, sure they're looked after in the jobs, the right roles. Um, and so there's the sorts of things that we're doing alongside the awards.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I can attest, as Mark mentioned, I've, I've been a judge on several occasions and, and one now. And and by the way, judges don't get paid. So this is not a, a promotional spot for Archaic Global, but really well-organized, well-structured, um, you know, and and you get these. First of all, you get great judges, but also uh, the competition is fierce in these categories. Uh, it's really hard, as a, and I can speak firsthand as a judge, to try to select one because there's so many great things going on. Uh, and and I'm just judging in one category. There are multiple categories uh, that you have judges uh, reviewing um, submissions from companies worldwide. It's it's really really fascinating to, to read all about these different case studies. And to, as I said, the challenge of trying to select one, do your, do other judges express that same type of uh, opinion, Mark?
1: Absolutely. And I can tell you firsthand, um, you know, if if you look through the scoring and the let's say behind the scenes, and you'll see that some of them are just almost indistinguishable about who the winner is that we're talking, uh, two decimal places. On occasion and we actually had we actually had an occasion once in the first awards that we ever ran in Dubai where there was um there were two winners in one category because they got the exact same score five judges scored them I think it were six or seven companies and they still came up with the exact same score and um, so you know we've got to give it to both of them if that happens yeah, right. it really is um and, and that's that's one of the, the things that you've seen as well is that we do have highly commended not just the winners because some of them are so good and if if they're within the sort of three percent threshold that's where um, they would get some highly commended and badge let's say as well so but it is tough definitely you're right there's some categories are very very challenging and yeah so that's most judges are saying what you're saying have to say
0: Well, and I would say to our listeners, if you're a CX professional or in an organization where you're doing some great work in CX, these are um, uh, great awards. And they're also great to kind of put you through the rigor of defining exactly what you're doing and what you're accomplishing and how you measured it. And there's other criteria that Mark and his team use. So I, I would encourage you to apply for these awards. As a reminder, listeners, you're listening to our guest today, Mark Hamill from ARCAC Global. And we're talking about uh, the awards program, but Mark uh, mentioned the whole customer-centric culture trend emerging and early on, he mentioned about talent management. So Mark, tell us a little bit more about that. What are the things, the trends um, that you're seeing in customer experience from your view?
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it's a really good question. One thing I would say, and as you might imagine, um, and of March, April last year was probably the most challenging time, particularly in the United States, uh, for CX professionals in terms of, because of the awards and how many companies, and CX professionals we deal with, we were kind of getting a bit of a barometer about what the state of the CX industry was, and the number of people that left the company during those sort of two, three months was enormous. But what, what we saw towards the end of last year is those people were popping back up in different organizations, um, which was encouraging to see. So I think there's certainly um, a lot of uh, movement in the labor market when it comes to sex professionals. And from the culture perspective, I think that there's like with any crisis and um, like with the financial crisis and, and any crisis before that, from an economic standpoint, there's always um, a flight to quality or a flight to the cheapest. So I think there's a lot of companies that were in the middle and didn't really have a a clear purpose and were really hit by the last 12 months. And I think they're, they're rethinking what their company culture is, their purpose, and they are investing time, money and effort into that. Um, But also have to have, there's a lot of companies out there that are hiring huge number of people like i spoke to a company yesterday and they're hiring they're only a company of 150 people but they're hiring 70 people in the next six months so there there's a lot of companies hiring a lot of people right now but i don't know whether there's you know there's there's enough people to go around almost and and i think that's a really acute challenge when it comes to the labor market in general but for cx professionals as well i think it's an opportunity and that there are certainly rules i see there being more roles advertised all the time. I don't know if you've seen that as well, Bob, but there's a lot of CX professionals going, roles going, whether they be managers and chief customer officers, anything to do with customers seems to be very much in demand right now.
0: Yeah, I would agree, Mark. I I think what we saw, and you mentioned this uh, when the pandemic began I think the disappointing thing we saw is that many companies uh, reduced customer experience staff, treating it almost like it was a travel expense or, you know, advertising expense that could be easily cut. And I think um, the companies that said, wait a minute, we need to support our customers and stay with them through this difficult time are coming out of the pandemic um, in much better shape than those that said, let's cut everything out. So I would agree with you. I, uh, you know, the, the disappointment of having so many CX professionals furloughed at the beginning of the pandemic is now coming back to suggest that we have many, many roles out there. Um, now, I think the challenge we have, Mark, is that what is a CX role? right mm-hmm. there's yeah. everybody seems to be calling things CX these days so um, you know is it customer success is it customer experience is it what is it right? yeah and, and I think that's a challenge we're facing
1: yeah, absolutely and I think just to add to that as well Bob, I think there's um, there's something that hasn't gone away from what I've seen is with for CX professionals there is this element that some form of entrepreneurial, thinking like to become have sales training marketing internal comms I think those are things that I've seen as in demand for CX professionals because so they understand that the heartbeat of the business a bit more that's something that I I hear often mentioned so I don't know whether you've heard that as well but I think just having that sales marketing communications just being able to cut across the organization much better if you have those skills as well as the technical skills as a CX professional
0: yeah, I would agree. I mean, look at look at yourself, right? You have a background in sales and entrepreneurship, and and that you know, as an entrepreneur, you're you're forced to do all kinds of different things. I mean, one mm-hmm. day you're paying the bills, the next day you're doing business development, then you know, yeah. the next day you're <laughs> tell you're, me about it, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. And so, yeah. I, I do think um, that's helpful in part because you can better understand and have credibility with the other departments in your business. So if you've been in sales or been in marketing, now you're in customer experience and you're saying to marketing, we need to do something different with our products or we need to improve the quality, whatever it is, you have some credibility because you've been there. And and rather than than simply saying to people in marketing, you need to do this without understanding what what it is that they need to do or what their challenges are.
1: Kind of a walk
0: in your shoes mentality, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really helps. It really does. So I, I think that's so. It's like a should be part of the 101, I think um if you're if you are a CX professional, I think so. You know, not not everyone has right as you rightly said. Not everyone uh, has their role particularly defined, whether it's success or a proper, let's say, CX professional role. But um yeah, I think no one has that natural progression either because it isn't necessarily a university natural pathway. So it's still very much in foundation stages. Um, so not having that infrastructure in place for people to, to go through university courses to become a CX professional is like other industries. So it makes sense that people have this sort of hodgepodge of uh, backgrounds and expertise.
0: Right, well, kind of a, instead of a, you know, we always talk about corporate ladders, right? Which tend to be vertical in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I always have described it that careers tend to be zigzag in nature, not vertical in nature, and and that can really benefit Absolutely. CX professionals. Um, Mark, what um, uh, this talent management topic is is a great one that you brought forward. As as is the customer centered culture. Are, are, what are the hot topics that you're hearing, seeing beyond that, or or you know, is are there events that you hold that you know? just get overwhelmed with participants because they love the topic. Anything come to mind along those lines?
1: I think that the thing that we got, let's say, this is quite niche, but the thing that we got really asked a lot about after the awards last year was about B2B in customer centricity. So making sure that that was properly represented at our awards and that was successful And with the first program we had this year in the world series. So I think that a lot of the the natural thinking about customer experience was that it was B two C, and um, and I don't think there were too many great examples out there of B two B and great experience in that field. But I think that that's something that's going to ramp up quite heavily um, over the next few years. And uh, also, I th- I think with the challenges facing governments, there's going to be there's going to have to be a lot more focus on 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 um, customer experience from governments uh, and a lot of investment on that because ultimately it cuts and it makes them more efficient as well, doesn't it? So I, I think that it makes sense for that, for governments to improve their service, but uh, some countries definitely do it better than others. I know that, for example, in the UAE, when I was living in Dubai, they invested a huge amount of money on customer experience and, and I've started seeing other governments, particularly in the West, investing in that as well. But I think those two things, just as things that were really, um very clearly brought to my attention uh, are or things that you you might see over the next few months and years
0: quite interesting mark on some of the what you just mentioned you know there's there's several schools of thoughts around b2b b2c and I, and I'll add one b2b to c yeah um and you know, some say, hey, it's all one. I mean, I'm in the camp that says there's there's no there might be some differences among them, but the core foundation is the same when it comes to the experience component. Others are vehemently supportive of, of there are differences and they need to be treated differently. So it's an interesting debate that that we have in CX right now about. This B two B or B two C, uh, and and it's great that you're bringing that to the forefront in in your uh, events and and discussions with CX professionals.
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, I think you're right, right, Bob. I'm in your camp, let's say, and um, I mean, there's there's of course there's differences, but I, I believe that it really is, um, it's about the mindset shift first and foremost, getting people to think about customer, and if that's B two B, B two C, or a to B to C. And I mean, that's, that's the first step really. And um, getting the senior leaders on board, changing the mindset and culture. I think that's a starting point with any type of company. So I'm with you on that one.
0: That, that's so true, Mark, about the mindset shift. I mean, I, I was just talking to uh, uh, what I would call a new CX profession professional mm-hmm. and she was talking to me about the struggles she has in getting change through her organization you know seeing seeing cx failures and trying to get change happening and getting all the resistance and i said you know i think that's probably the number one question i get asked is how do i facilitate change in my organization when it comes to improving the customer experience and the employee experience for that matter so <clears throat> it's Absolutely. not an easy task right <laughs>
1: No, well, some 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 uh, you know some leaders you're pushing on an open door and some it's you know, locked. <laughs> right. uh, or it's slammed. And, yeah, exactly. Right. And everything in between, I think. So uh, it really depends, you know, but you don't know where you are until you, you measure, you know, you get people on, the leaders on board from the start. So or at least have that conversation and then you'll know really how big a task ahead of you. No question about it.
0: Um so listeners, that's, a, that's an interesting topic that Mark brings up about the whole B2B and B2C conversation. So certainly uh, think about that as an opportunity to um, establish your own opinion on, on where you fall in those uh, dynamics. Uh, Mark, tell us a little bit about uh, any upcoming events that you have You know, certainly summer can be a little quieter time, lots of vacations, but what does the future hold for Archec Global and and some events that may be coming up uh, would be of interest to our listeners?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, the next two big events we have are in September and October, and that's the European Customer Centricity Awards and then the North American Customer Centricity Awards. They're both closed for entry, um, but uh, people can attend the conference element of that event. Um, and then the, the next big one that we have that's available to enter from now is the, the Customer Centricity World Series. The, the deadline for that is in January and the event takes place in May. So there's plenty of time for that one, but um, we, we had our first edition just two months ago. It seems much longer ago, to be honest, but um, <laughs> that, was, that was a, a really good um, in terms of the, the number of companies and countries represented most importantly. And 300, 300 entries from forty plus countries. So, we're hoping to have something similar and have a real global celebration. And um, but that's that's the next one that's available. Let's say to be part of.
0: Mark, did you say your last World Series event had three hundred entries from forty plus countries?
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, and after wow. whittling it down, after whittling it down, it went down to one hundred and thirty-one from in terms of the the threshold of the scoring that we have at shortlisting. But, and, um, and of course some dropouts in there, but 300 was the number and, you know, first year event, that's by far the biggest we've ever had. And that's usually sort of double what we would expect in a first year event. And um, yeah, we we're blown away, to be honest. Yeah,
0: I would imagine. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know which is better. The 300 entries or the 40 plus countries, which is phenomenal. Now, for a kickoff event
1: that uh, that's... Yeah. It, it's but you know you know how how it is with the judging as well bob it's like we're really careful with the judges that we have on board and mm-hmm. um, but one of the things that we were we wanted to get proper representation as well so we didn't want to go into our traditional networks and um, countries wise so we were very careful in making sure that we had really widespread and diversified uh, audience of judges um, from different industries, countries. And I think we had 80 judges as part of that event. So it was part of our strategy to get more involvement from certain countries, but it seemed to work. But there was a lot of countries that we had no representation at all and they managed to come through. We don't know how that we heard of them. I wish we did know, so we could try that <laughs> uh, part of our marketing strategy. But yeah, we, we, we got very lucky. Um, what we managed to achieve in, in a new one.
0: That's that's fantastic. And and um, hats off to you and RKIC Global for, for creating that global environment for CX professionals to be recognized and awarded. That that is that is really great for our profession overall. Mark, this has been a, a wonderful conversation with you, learning more about you and, and what our global is doing and, and trends you're seeing in customer experience from your perspective, any final thoughts for our listeners before we close our podcast together today?
1: Uh, I think that what I would say is that there's there's so many good things happening out there. And, and I would always focus if I was a, a customer experience professional, whether starting out or middle of the career or even very senior, the network is the most important thing. Like there's anyone that you speak to and has been going through similar challenges, if not almost exactly the same. Um, and I think just expanding your network and learning from others as the profession grows. And uh, I think that's the best advice I would say, but um, yeah, I think, I think if, if you haven't gone down that route, I would really recommend it.
0: I think that's a uh, wise advice for sure for our CX professionals listeners. You've been listening to Mark Hamill from Archec Global a tremendous supporter of the CX profession. So if you haven't yet checked out Arquette Global, be sure and do that and and participate in the uh, many events that they hold throughout the year. Thank you to Mark and, and thank you listeners. If you've enjoyed this edition of All Things Considered CX, please share it with your networks and stay tuned for another episode of All Things Considered CX podcast.